Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find me on Instagram at Love Letters and Mixtapes, or send me an email at loveletters at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week, I wanted to talk about emotional sobriety. And if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that my second episode ever was on the topic of emotional sobriety. It's not that I just talked about it once and I never talked about it again. I actually think that emotional sobriety has been the foundation of almost all of my episodes, similarly to emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. That really is the core of what we're doing because we're not trying to highlight some trend in pop psychology and just run with that. We're talking about who we are at our core and what can guide us no matter what the situation is. We don't need a new set of tools for every life challenge. So when I'm talking about emotional sobriety, I'm talking about this toolkit we can bring into every room, every relationship, every challenge, every emotion. And that's why I think it's so important. So let's reflect on what is emotional sobriety. And I'm sure everyone has a different definition, but the one that works really well in my life and the definition that I always come back to is that emotional sobriety is the ability to meet calamity and opportunity with serenity. So let that sink in. Emotional sobriety is the ability to meet calamity and opportunity with serenity. Now let's just take a second to unpack that because very often we think that we only need to work on our ability to navigate difficult emotions. And that's where the calamity comes in in that sentence. But I think if we take a second and we reflect on our lives and our relationships, that many of us could use some help navigating opportunity, navigating miracles, navigating the positive aspects of relationships, navigating the promotion at work, navigating getting what we actually said we wanted. Because we like to think that we are prepared for that. But for so many of us, Getting what we want, having the light shine on us, triggers so many fearful emotions. It brings up fears of deprivation, fears that we're going to lose something, fears that someone's going to take something away from us, or the fear that we didn't deserve it in the first place and someone's going to figure it out. So that emotional sobriety is not just there for those extreme negative experiences. Emotional sobriety is the foundation 
that can carry us through the ebbs and flows of life, no matter if it's good or bad, positive or negative, or whatever label we put on something. Because we could very easily be self-sabotaging the best things that come our way. We could very easily be overreacting to something we deem as negative. And that's where that sobriety comes in. It's a calling ourselves back to a position of neutrality, coming back to our core values. It's an understanding that what goes on around us is very important. I don't think that we're put here to be these perfect human beings who are never phased by life or life circumstances. But it's saying we are not allowing those things to change who we are at our core or to give us an excuse to act in a way that is not in alignment with our values. I think another way of looking at emotional sobriety is that it is when what I know to be true about myself and what I believe and feel about myself are pretty much in alignment. Those things are consistent. In other words, I am emotionally sober when my beliefs and feelings about me match the facts about me. So very often on this podcast, I talk about grandiosity. And I think people only imagine grandiosity comes up when someone's a narcissist, which according to the internet, everyone's a narcissist. And I definitely don't agree with that. But that is a topic for another episode. But we assume that grandiosity only comes up in those moments when we are in our ego, when we think we are more important or better than other people. But there's another way that grandiosity comes up. Grandiosity can come up when we believe that we have more control over circumstances than we actually do. Grandiosity can come up when we believe we are the worst, most negative, most awful person to ever walk the earth. So I guess my point in bringing this up is that grandiosity is on both ends of the spectrum. Yes, it can tell us we are the best, most overachieving, most wonderful, talented person on earth when we have done nothing to earn those titles. But grandiosity can also have us telling ourselves that we're the worst, that we're a piece of garbage, that no one loves us, that we're undeserving, when we also don't deserve those things. I like to think of emotional sobriety as this calm, consistent flow of energy through my life. And I know that I am emotionally sober when the input of other people, it affects me, but it does not determine what I believe and how I feel about myself. I can receive that information as simply that, just information. My self-respect, my self-worth, my self-image, or any other positive feelings about myself come from within me. I am tapping into my core for that information. And I think that that's really important because if we're walking through the world, we can receive all sorts of different types of information and stories and reflections from people that don't have to be accurate. They can just be a piece of information. Another way of looking at emotional sobriety is emotional sobriety also helps with understanding that life happens on life's terms. Life unfolds on life's terms. And all we can do is suit up and show up 
and prepare as best we can and make sure we have tools in our toolkit that can help us, but we have very, very little control over other people, places, or things. So it is an understanding that life events, changes, and challenges, they happen. And very rarely are they a reflection of our character. Now, every once in a while we are, and I always want to offer that caveat that, yes, there are sometimes every once in a while we make a huge error or a huge mistake or we harm someone and we have to be able to take responsibility for that, to acknowledge that. But if we are constantly in grandiosity thinking we are either the best or the worst person, we will never be able to discern those moments when we actually have caused harm to ourselves or to others. So when I am speaking about emotional sobriety, I am not talking about alleviating all guilt or never reflecting on anything. Quite the opposite, in fact. I actually think that emotional sobriety really amplifies our ability to discern especially to discern in challenging situations when it feels murky or complicated. It really helps us introduce a level of clarity that brings us back into alignment with who we are and who we most want to be. Emotional sobriety means that life changes can challenge us, but they won't derail us. And I think that's so important. It helps us to stay fluid to wear these things like a loose garment and it allows us to bend when we need to instead of breaking every time the wind isn't blowing our way. I think self-reflection is such an important part of this topic and I have an emotional sobriety checklist that I think is very helpful and I heard this once in a 12-step meeting and I thought it resonated so much and was so helpful in identifying where we are in the spectrum. So I'm going to read you some of the questions, and I really encourage you to sit with them and allow the answers to rise to the surface. Do you accept criticism well? Are you usually hurt or angered by criticism? Do you have a difficult time accepting compliments? Do others think more highly of you than you do of yourself? Do you depend on others to make you feel good about yourself? Does what others say about you unduly influence your feelings and beliefs about yourself? Do you often do a good job and know it, yet don't feel good about it? Do you often feel like a loser? even though you know you're a good person? Do you often put yourself down? Looking honestly at your life, do you treat yourself very well? Do you treat others better than you treat yourself? Do you do nice things for others in order to get attention or compliments? When you express love for someone, are you hurt when they do not respond in kind? Do you often feel afraid even though you know everything is okay? Do you often feel that you are not enough? Do you often feel that you are falling short of what you should be and what you should do? 
Does it bother you a great deal when you know that someone dislikes or disapproves of you? Do you often refrain from doing or saying what you know you should for fear of how others may react to it? Do your feelings depend on how your significant other is treating you? Do you feel you are a good person no matter what others may think? I think that checklist can be so helpful and I encourage you even to just rewind a few seconds and maybe listen to them again and sit with some of your answers. Every time we ask questions on this podcast, it is not a tool for beating ourselves up. Questions are an invitation into deeper awareness. So I encourage everyone, even if you feel that every answer to all of those questions was extremely negative, that's not so that you feel terrible. It's just an invitation into a deeper relationship with yourself and an awareness of how to get there. So as we're talking about emotional sobriety and figuring out where we are on the spectrum, I think it's really important to highlight four skills that can empower us in this emotional sobriety journey. And those skills are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So let's just take a second to look at each of them. Self-awareness is the ability to recognize our feelings, the ability to name those feelings, and notice how they impact our thoughts and behavior. And I highlight thoughts in there because very often our thoughts can get completely out of control. A phrase I used the other day when I was talking about emotional sobriety in a work setting was, some people pick up a think the way other people pick up a drink. Meaning that our thoughts can be completely intoxicating. And what happens when we get intoxicated? It changes our communication. It changes our boundaries. It changes our expectations of ourselves. And we can do things that we think in any other circumstance that we would never do. Now let's talk about self-management. This is the ability to control our emotions, our impulses, and our actions. So when we're talking about emotional sobriety, we are not talking about being saints. We're not talking about perfection. We are talking about walking ourselves back to center when we recognize and are aware that our emotions are taking us away from ourselves. So that self-management is a really important step here. It's the ability to walk ourselves back, to say, I've come up against the line that I don't want to cross and I know my way home. Now, the next one is social awareness. And this is the ability to understand other people's emotional needs. And this is where empathy comes in. This ability to understand that another person is a whole human being, the exact same way that we are. And very often in challenging relationships and situations, whether it's in our family, our partnerships at work, the other person becomes the other. And when someone is an other, we can assign all sorts of characteristics to them that we would not assign to ourselves. And instantly, almost in a moment, this person can become a monster. And yes, 
every once in a while, there is a person we come across who is a monster. But I think 99% of the time, we are simply crossing paths with another flawed human being who is on a journey very similar to our own. And they have their own triggers. They have their own wounds. They have their own survival skills, their own coping mechanisms, and their own character defects. They often have their own strengths. They have things that ground them. They have things that call them back to center the same way we do. And it's not about us identifying it for them or forcing them to be in that space, but it's about awareness. When I make someone an other, I remove empathy from the situation. I remove understanding. I remove self-reflection. I remove that moment when we say, what did I do to contribute to this situation? And the final one I mentioned was relationship management. And that is the ability to build relationships that are based on good communication. And I want to talk about that one in particular, because I think there's a lot of confusion about what good communication is. Good communication is not just affirmation. It's not just compliments. It's not just when things go well and people agree with us. Conflict can be good communication. And one thing I like to remind people is that conflict is not trauma. Communication is not always fighting. And sometimes even fights are not the worst things that can ever happen to us. Sometimes it is an express pathway to the heart of this situation. It really helps us to get to the core of what is going on. So that good communication can be uncomfortable and it can be helpful and it can be revealing and it can actually bring people closer into understanding in a relationship. So when we think about relationship management and emotional sobriety, it's not management as in controlling another person. It's about an ability to show up in a relationship and understand boundaries, understand that other people have things that allow them to feel safe and comfortable and connected, and that our forms of safety and connection don't always have to be the same. A way that I always look at relationship management is I reflect on my side of the street. I don't have to clean up someone else's side of the street. I don't have to manage it. I don't have to take care of it. I don't have to clean the garbage. I don't have to prune the hedges. I only have to manage my side of the street. And if I do that, and if I bring that attention back to center, and I stop managing someone else or taking their inventory, I have so much more freedom in those relationships to receive people as they are. And then when I'm doing that and I'm not constantly pointing my finger at someone else, I have so much more freedom in my relationship with myself because by moving away from judgment, I have moved into discernment and discernment feels so much different. So that's my invitation for all of us this week is to reflect on the four skills of emotional sobriety and check in with where we are. What does self-awareness look like in my life? What practices am I using for self-management? How often am I socially aware and what could I do to improve that? 
And where are my relationships right now? And how have I been managing them? And if you have a moment this week when your emotions are feeling out of control, I'm going to encourage you to step out of shame because very often shame can be a block. It can get us into fight or flight. And I'm going to invite you to drop into emotional sobriety, even if it's just for 30 seconds at a time. And I want you to check in with your past, present, and future ability to meet calamity and opportunity with serenity. So until next time, please make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also take a moment to rate, review, like, or maybe even send me an email at loveletters and mixtapes at gmail.com.